0: Thank you for listening to the Vantage Point Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, I'm Pastor Kyle. So glad that you're with us. Uh, We are wrapping up our series, Good With Money. Today is the last of that series. I'm a little sad to see it go, but hey, I'm I'm excited because that means next week we are starting a brand new series and we're calling it uh, When You See It. How many remember... um, uh, those uh, those books, the Magic Eye books. I think we have a picture. Let's throw that up there. Um, remember that, right? You look, look at a picture, and like if you squint, kind of stare real hard, you can, like see another picture in that. And uh, you know, okay, most people saw the picture. Some of us, you didn't see the picture. You know, like like there's a sailboat in there somewhere. I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see a sailboat. You know, um, but what happens is when you do see it, right? You're so excited. You like you tell your friends like there really is a sailboat in that picture. You want them to see it. You make sure they can see it as well. Well, here's the thing there are some things in our world that i think our heavenly father he wants us to see it. He knows that that when we can see things through his perspective, then when we see it, we'll never see it the same way again and it makes a huge impact in our lives. And so, we're going to be talking about this idea called worldview. We're going to be looking at a bunch of different topics. We're going to be getting into the topic of politics and the role of science and sexuality and and how do we how do we discern what's true? In a world of, uh, of fake news. And so I'm excited. It's going to be a great time. I encourage you to come back next Sunday as we start this series. Well, today, if you have a Bible handy, uh, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. That's where we're going to be starting out, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And if you don't have a Bible handy, we're going to have the verses on the screen as well. <clears throat> as we get going this morning, I want to start with a question uh, How many of you ever filled out uh, one of these forms? It uh, could have been maybe for a job you were applying for, uh, possibly a a, a dating a dating site. You don't need to raise your hand for that one. Um, maybe just an activity that you were signing up for, or even just an online survey. And and you had to fill out one of these forms that asks you to describe your health, to to rate your health. You know, and uh, you know, how would you rate your health? Would you say, well, I'm I'm generally healthy, or you know, maybe if you're like me, you check the box that says you know I'm I'm moderately active, because. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because, come on, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rate myself as, as vigorously active. Like the categories are vigorously active, moderately act, active, or sedentary. You know, it's so, like I wouldn't call myself like sedentary. I, like, I get the picture of like, like you know, cattle out to, you know, out to pasture or something. You know, so I mark the box that says, you know, moderately active. And I think most of us mark that box as well. In fact, you probably also mark the box that says driver. Even though, let's be honest, we can't all be good drivers, right? But I think it's natural. We, we tend to look at ourselves this way. We tend to think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in decent shape. You know, we have a, a good view of ourselves. and Most of the time, we think of ourselves this way unless something shows us otherwise. In fact, I had an experience like that recently where um, the teenagers that I worked with said, "Hey, hey, would you go out for a run with us? And I thought... I can do that. I go out for a run. Yeah, I'm in pretty good shape. But yeah, Let's go for a run. <laughs> About 10 minutes in, you know, I'm like gasping for breath, you know, gulping down water, sweating profusely, you know, like there's a pain in my side, you know, but I keep going. And, you know, somewhere along the, along the way, I'm, like, I'm telling these guys, like, I think I'm dying. Just go on without me. Just leave me here, right? What happened is I realized that I'm not as, as uh, in good of sh- as good of shape as I thought I was, right? Kind of like the guy in that commercial that we saw, you know? I mean, uh, by all outside appearances, he looked healthy, right? I mean, you saw all the things he was doing. He said that he could do, you know, uh, 75 push-ups, you know, he's swimming laps, he, he can do 100 sit-ups a day. I- I'm up to two sit-ups a day right now. Uh, one in the morning and then one after I go you know, take a nap. Uh, you know, I'm working at it though, you know? But... He assumed he was healthy, right? I mean, he looked at his situation and assumed everything was good. And yet, he didn't realize all along there was an issue with his heart, right? He was doing all the right things. But there was an issue with his heart. I think a lot of times as believers, we can find ourselves in the same place. You know, we're, we're doing all the right things. reading our Bibles, and we're, we're going to church, and we're praying regularly, we're, we're in a connect group, and we're serving at church, and, and if we look at ourselves like, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm in pretty good spiritual shape. I'm, I think I'm pretty strong spiritually. Yet wouldn't it be great if there was some way we could know for sure? I mean, maybe not for sure, but wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of gauge where we could kind of check the, the spiritual health of our heart? Well, there is. Paul mentions this to the Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians chapter 8, let's check it out. This is amazing. Verse 7, he says this, but since you excel in everything. Now, isn't that a great compliment? I mean, wouldn't you like to have that, that kind of compliment? Imagine if you were to go to work and your boss were to say, hey, hey, you are excelling at everything. You're going for your annual review, everything. You're excelling at everything. Well, that's what Paul is saying to these new believers. This is, I'm seeing real growth and change in your life. You're growing. It kind of lists these areas. He says, in faith. Like I see you believing God and you're trusting God for more. In your speech, man, your conversation has changed. Like I used to be around you. I know I know some of the, the four-letter words that you strung together and it's pretty amazing. But the way you talk, I see how you talk to your kids, it's different. The way you talk about your life circumstances, it's different. In knowledge, man, you're studying the Bible. You, you have this hunger and desire to know the truth. I see that in earnestness. He says, you are all in you're devoted, you're committed in your love for us. He says, you are growing and changing and it's awesome. Look how he wraps it up. He says, then see to it that you also excel in this grace of giving. Isn't this amazing and and let's be honest, surprising? Because he just equated giving with spiritual health. And that's kind of surprising for us. He gives us a list of, of signs to show that you're growing in your faith. He says, you know, your faith. And, and your knowledge of the scriptures and, and the words that we use. And all these things are good things. But then he includes our, our money management as a sign of our spiritual growth. I mean, isn't it a little surprising that, that how we use our money, how we interact with money is an indicator of spiritual health? And I'm, I'm not saying it's the only indicator, but it's an indicator of our spiritual health. Let's jump over. Let's see what Jesus has to say about this. Let's jump over to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. You know, it shouldn't be that surprising though, considering if you were with us a couple weeks ago, we looked at what Jesus had to say about this topic as well, and he said this. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. that can be a blessing to the world. He wants to make sure that it doesn't wreck us in the process. Because here's the thing, you know, a sports car is a great gift, right? Can we agree? Uh, you know, a, a sports car would be a great gift. If, if, if you don't agree and you have a sports car, uh, come talk to me at the end of the service. But it's a great gift, but it's not a great gift in the hands of a 12-year-old, is it? Right? Because they can't handle that. Okay? It, it, even though it would be a wonderful gift... It would mess them up and it would hurt them. And your Heavenly Father knows that for some of us, giving us more money, uh, more stuff, a higher position, it would wreck us. It would destroy our lives. It would destroy our families. God, would you bless me? guys? I I can't yet. I can't. Okay? <clears throat> so money is a measurement. It's a measure that gauges where our heart is at. Let's, let's look at another scripture. Let's turn over to... 1 Timothy chapter 6. Okay, here's the thing. I think as we take an honest measure of where our, where we're at in all this, I think for some we might say, well, you know what? Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm uh, I'm okay with money. Okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not bad with money. I, I try to be helpful. I try to do the right thing. I, I give some here and there. You know, I, I, I kind of would describe myself as, as a, a sporadic giver. I kind of, you know, give a little bit here or there, you know, t- throw $20 in and or maybe you'd say, I'm kind of a spontaneous giver. You know, you'll hear about a need and something will kind of grip your heart and, and you'll give emotionally. And you'll open your wallet and you'll be generous and you'll make a difference. And that is awesome. I want to encourage you, please keep doing that. That's, that's a sign that God is working in, in our lives. Anytime we respond with generosity, I think it's a, it's a sign that God is working in our hearts because it's not natural for us to do that, okay? That's, that's God working in our lives. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think... Uh, if we want to be good with money, for some of us, I think God may be calling us, you know what, we need to become percentage givers like we talked about a couple weeks ago. That, and whatever that percentage may be, maybe it's 3% or 5% or even up to 10%. But, but here, here's the thing. Let me just say this. One of the benefits of, of percentage giving is that it brings consistency in our lives. We said this a couple weeks ago that, that um, giving kind of acts like an antibiotic to greed. And I don't know if you've ever used an antibiotic, but your doctor will tell you, don't stop using the antibiotic even if you start to feel better, right? You have to finish the entire dose because if you don't, you may build up uh, a defense to it and it may come back even worse. I, I learned this in my own life. Um, and there are times when, when I would get dry skin and I just, <laughs> just going to get real here, you know, uh, my wife should get me this face wash. And first of all, you know, I want to just encourage you, if you want, you probably shouldn't get your husband lavender face wash, you know, like... I don't, I really don't, don't want to smell like lavender. You know, it's not going to encourage me to do this. But I'd wash my face once or twice and, oh, good, it's all gone, okay? The dry skin's gone. Great, I don't need to do this anymore because it doesn't feel very manly, okay? But I stopped using it a couple days later, dry skin is back. What happened is I had to get consistent. I had to apply it to my life. And I want to say this, you know, just owning something, it, it, there's no benefit from just owning something. There's no, there's no benefit from just believing something. The benefit comes from the application, consistent application. That's true with Bible reading, right? That's true in our relationships and our marriages and with our kids. Application is where it's at. And so percentage giving allows us to bring consistency in our lives. Here's the thing, I think God wants us to excel at this. Okay? I think he wants us to go from good to great. I'll be honest, I think the church, I think the church, big C, the the church of Jesus and our our world, we should be the most generous people around, right? We should be so generous and so excited about giving and and pouring into people's lives because God has given so much to us. And we recognize what God has done in our lives, I think people should look at the church and be like, you know what, I don't know if I believe what they believe, okay, I don't know if I can buy all that, but man, they are some of the kindest, most sincere, giving people I've ever met, right? I think that's what God wants for his church. So, So what does that look like? What does it look like for us to excel, to be to be great in this area of giving. First Timothy chapter six. Let's look at verse 17. It says this. It says, command those who are rich in this present world. And some of you are like, yes, I get a pass. Okay? He's talking to the rich people. That's not me. But because come on, no nobody feels rich. I don't care what your income is, like, there's always another number that we look at. You know, you even talk to someone who makes a million dollars a year. Well, are you rich? No, I'm not. We've made some sound investments. We're careful, right? We would never call ourselves rich. But here's the thing. I don't care what you make, just by living in this country compared to the rest of the world, we're, we're rich. Okay? Uh, according to some statistics, if you make over $25,000 a year, you are in the top 10% of income earners in the entire world. We're rich. Okay? According to the rest of the world, only 9% of people in the rest of the world own a car. Not just one, 9% of people in the world own a car. I mean, most of us, we can imagine, like, if our family was down to just one car tomorrow, like, we'd be going crazy. What do we do? We only got one car. How is this going to work? Okay. According to this definition of rich, if you have more than what you need, you're rich. Right? I mean, we can look at all areas. If You have more than one pair of clothes. Right? You have extra. Some people in developing worlds, world, they, they don't have a, a second pair of clothes. They don't have an, another pair of shoes. I'm not going to go there. You all know. <laughs> Some of you all have a lot of shoes. Okay, so like, "Ouch, Pastor, we're getting we're getting real here." Okay, okay. Now listen, what does he command them? He says, "Not to be arrogant, nor to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain." Man, if we haven't learned that lesson this year, that wealth and a good economy and our plans for the future, it, it's uncertain, isn't it? He says, "Don't put your hope in these things. Yeah, don't look to money for security." And significance. He says, instead, put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for for, for what? Our enjoyment. Right? For our enjoyment. See, God doesn't want to take our stuff. He's not after our money. He wants us to, to have these things in our lives. And he wants us to use them and to enjoy them. But look at what he says next. Verse 18. He goes on. He says, command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Now, now, wait a minute. Didn't he just say that our money and our stuff was for us to enjoy, right? But then he says, but you need to be good with it, you know, be generous, share, and, and be over the top with good deeds. So, so if you just told me I, all this stuff is for me to enjoy, but I also need to do this stuff, what does that mean? It means being generous is enjoyable. It is fun, it's enjoyable to be generous, to open our hands, not to, to, to grab on tightly to everything, We're not even enjoy what we have. I would say, I think being generous is one of the best ways to enjoy our money and our stuff. I love how Proverbs describes this. Proverbs 11, verse 24 says this. It says, one person gives freely, right, their, their hand is open, yet they gain even more. It doesn't... It doesn't make sense the way God works. Like in our minds, like, you know, you gotta save, you gotta invest, you gotta hang on to stuff and keep it all for yourself. But he says, when we give freely, they gain even more. We can't outgive God. Another withholds what is right but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Man, being generous is refreshing. It it makes us come alive, and I want to say. We as a church, I think that's one of the reasons that God has blessed us the way He has. Because here we are, I don't know if you realize this, we're getting ready to celebrate our five-year anniversary as a church. It's amazing. And next Sunday, <laughs> next Sunday we celebrate five years as a church. Five years ago, this church, it was just it was just an idea. It was just a dream. You know, we we started the church and we were met in the gym for two and a half years, and then crazy, God opens the door for us to move into this building, to purchase this facility and remodel it and do all the things that God has been doing. It is unbelievable what God has done. And I want you to know, if you haven't noticed, we don't really take a lot of special offerings around here. It's not really how we operate. Do you know what we do? We as a church, we do what we ask you to do. We live on a budget and we take a percentage of what you give and we just very quietly give it away to missionaries all across the world to care for our law enforcement officers and first responders. Uh, we just started, let's throw this picture up on the screen. We just started supporting a local ministry. This is the pregnant uh, Pregnancy Counseling center Services here in, in Placerville. And they help moms, uh, moms-to-be who find themselves pregnant and they don't have the support systems, they're not quite sure what they're going to do. And we've taken on this ministry. We're supporting them and partnering with them. And we've got some plans here in the future to, to do a little bit more to it. It's exciting here. To come back during our anniversary month, uh, we're going to do some fun things, but God has given us opportunities to do that. We just opened our new children's facility right across the way there. We're, we're ministering to kids and families just over the last couple weeks because of your generosity. We were able to purchase breaks so that, that a woman could, could keep going to work and she wouldn't lose her job. We were able to help a uh, a single mom in her family who, you know, works long, long hours, works tirelessly, but but COVID hit their family hard. And we helped them so they'd make rent. Right, so that wouldn't be a, a stress on their minds. There was another gentleman who found himself in a hard spot, and we paid for the transportation. You paid for the transportation and got into rehab. It's amazing what you're a part of. Yeah, what you're giving is doing. It's amazing. And we don't want to stop. We're starting new ministries like Grief Share. Your, your generosity, the people saying, you know what, we need this. We need God to do miracles in people's lives. Uh, I tell you what, my, when my mom passed away, suddenly, to me, uh, it, it wrecked my dad. And my dad, you know, he was a believer, and uh, he loved the Lord, but he wasn't prepared for a loss like that. And it messed him up, and he, he got into alcohol. And, you know, it, it went on this journey where, where it was crazy for several years, and then he got involved in Celebrate Recovery and, and God's work in miracles. But it, man, if it would have been a grief share in, in his area. It could have saved him a lot of pain, could have saved a lot of heartache. I can't wait to see what God's going to do this incredible ministry. I encourage you, check out the, the, the packet that we got in your hands. Even if you had a, a grief, you'd say, well, you know, that happened five years ago. Ten years, if you never dealt with it, now is the time. Now is the time. God wants to use this ministry. We're blessing our community with a night of, a free night of worship. Now let me just say, it's free to the community, <laughs> but it's not free to us. We as a church, we are covering the cost to, to make this happen because we want to be a blessing to our community, putting together homeless care packages man, what you guys are doing is amazing. And like I said, we as a church, we've just quietly quietly went and did these things. And I have to apologize because we've kept too much of this to ourselves. Because you need to know what you've been a part of. You need to know so you can be refreshed by what you're doing, by what you're a part of. And we believe God wants to do even more. And here's the thing, as we have an open hand, you know what scripture promises us? Check this out on the screen, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11. He says... You will be enriched in every way. As we have an open hand, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. See, as God looks at us and realizes we are not a dam, but we're we're an open doorway, right? God can pour blessings through us and he can bless the entire world through us because they don't get clogged in our heart. Right? The blessings that God gives us, so many times they get clogged in our heart. We think it's just for us and it wrecks us. But we have an open hand. God can, can bless the entire world and we can have so much fun in the process. I know people who have been on this journey. There's one man, you know, he, he kind of started out as a sporadic giver. He kind of throwing 20 bucks here and there. And, and then he decided, you know, God was speaking to his heart and he, I need to become a percentage giver. So he started with a percentage. He started giving that consistently. And over time it went up. And, and at one point he reached 10%. And he was excited, and he kind of realized it started going up even more. He was given 15% of his income, 20, 25%, and, and he realized, you know what? This, this is so good. I'm having so much fun. He started looking for other opportunities to be generous, and he did that. And he found that he was so refreshed by it. He started looking for other ways that he could help, and he started asking God, "Okay, God, God, I have this nice house that I live in. God, what, what could you do with my house?" And so he began opening his home for, for different ministries and, and, and for connect groups. God, I have a boat. How can you use my boat? And, and he was really listening to God because he decided to let the youth ministry use his boat. Okay. Fully insured. It's okay. Fully insured. Okay. God, God how do you want to use my car? And so he kind of had this practice where he would keep a car for a few years and, um, and he would use it. And then he would trade in and get, get a new car. Well, during this whole process, he kind of felt like God was speaking to his heart and saying, hey, don't don't trade it in. Why don't you give it away? <laughs> That's not God. Right now, that, that couldn't possibly be God. God wouldn't want me to do that. And he kind of struggled with it. And he said it, it was kind of difficult. It stretched him. But here's the thing. That's why that's why giving and generosity is discipleship. The stretching is what makes generosity discipleship. Because as we stretch and we open our hand, we say, God, God, I'm not going to hold on to things and stuff. I want to open up more of my heart to you. And so we lean into God and we stretch. And the more flexible we become, the more flexibility, more flexibility equals more usability. The more spiritually flexible we become, the more God can use us. Our lives, so he gave it away. He gave his car away, and this started a new rhythm in his life. And over, over for the next twenty years, that became his rhythm. He'd own a vehicle for a couple years, and then he would give it away, and buy a new one. And it's amazing as he did this. God continued to, to bless his his life and his finances. It was unbelievable um, as he did this. Um, you know, he found himself getting more raises and getting promotions, and then the side hustle that he had kind of took off, and God blessed his finances, and he had more. God made him generous so that he was able to be generous on every occasion. And it got to the point that he looked more forward to the car he was giving away to the car that he was buying. And he actually came to the point that, that he did something really unusual and bizarre. He became what's known as a reverse tither, where God had blessed his life so much, he began living on 10% of his income and giving 90% away. But the amazing thing is you would to, to look at him, you wouldn't know because he still has a nice house and a nice car. And this is because God knows he can bless him. God, God could richly bless him because he knew it wouldn't stop with him. So I put in my notes, God's blessings will go through you when he knows his blessings can go through you. God's blessings can come to you when he knows his blessings will go through you. It doesn't stop with us. It doesn't clog up our hearts. It blesses the entire world. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that this is this is everybody. I'm not even saying this should be everybody. Okay, if you go to a church that says, "Hey, we think everyone should give 90% or 50%, I would not go to that church. I'm just telling you. Okay, don't don't, don't do that. Okay, that's not not biblical. Okay, but here's the thing. For some people, some people have the spiritual gift of giving. Okay, it's it's right there in Scripture, Romans 12. It's listing a bunch of different gifts that, that, that believers have. It says, hey, some of you, you have the gift of leadership. If you have the gift of leadership, then you should lead. Others of you, you have, you have the gift of mercy. You, you work with difficult people that no one else can stand. You know who you are. Um, you know, some of you, <clears throat> you have the gift of encouragement. So encourage others. Then he says this in Romans 12. He says, and if it's giving, then give generously. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on back at this time see, there are some people who have felt like, you know what, I just, I don't have a gift. You know, I I just must not have a spiritual gift, you know. I mean, I can't teach and, you know, I I know that I'm not a leader and, you know, it can't can't be mercy because when when I'm around whiny people, I want to punch them in the throat. Are you sure you don't have the gift of leadership? I'm just saying. Kidding, kidding. Here's the thing. Just like teaching and caring for children makes some people come alive and I want to say this. Do you know how you know something's a gift? Uh, if you enjoy it. If you like it, oh, here's the thing don't get me a KitchenAid. Okay, it would not be a good gift for me. I would not enjoy it. I would blow up the kitchen. I would, I would, you'd probably get poisoned. I apologize. I wouldn't mean to poison you if I cook something, but that's what I, it would not be a good gift for me because I wouldn't enjoy it. Okay, it's a gift for you if as you lean into it, you realize, wow, this is, this is God's thumbprint in my life. I really enjoy this. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to work at it. Okay, Uh, Stephen Curry, basketball is a gift, but it's a gift that he practiced, you know, hours and hours at a time to to really develop, okay. So this is the same type of gift. And in fact, I want to say this. If maybe God's speaking to your heart in this area of generosity, we want to be a blessing to you. We want to draw this out of you. We have these booklets available uh, at the connect table. They're free. Uh, Well, they're free to you. They weren't free to us. Pick one up because we want God to work this in your heart. Because here's the thing, just as some people the gift of, of working with kids or the gift of teaching it makes them come alive. There are some people that maybe you have the gift of giving. And, and that is God's thumbprint on your life. That as you give supernaturally, it makes a difference. in the And God's going to use you to make a difference. And it makes you come alive. And as your pastor, just as I want to draw those gifts out of other people. I want to draw that teaching gift out of people. I want to draw that, that service gift out of people. I want to draw that gift of giving out of you. I don't want you to sit and say, what, what, how can I contribute? What can I do? Because here's the thing. There may be some people, uh, 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 and you probably may have never even heard this, because there's a lot of people who are afraid to talk about this, who are afraid to offend people. But come on, I want you to imagine there may be someone sitting right in this room today that they have a a gift of compassion. That because of their life circumstances, some of the things they've been through, and the way God has wired them, God has put something in their heart that, that could be a game changer. Yet they don't have the resources to pull it off but then you come along with your spiritual gift of giving and, and you give and you provide the resources, you, you partner together, and then maybe God brings in someone with a gift of leadership and it, it, it transforms an entire community. Now notice I said community and not church because I don't think it should stop in this place. I don't think it should just be about our church, our building or what we're doing. Spread it around, okay? You don't have to just give it here. Grant, I'd say, I hope we've proven that, that we're a place you can trust. But you know what? Give. Give free, freely to, to all sorts of places and see what God does, right? Because we believe God wants to do miracles. If you were here when we started this series, we started by telling a story that Jesus told about a certain man who found himself in a good season in his life. He, he had planted, he was a farmer, and he found that he had extra grain. He had more grain than what he knew what to do with. So his answer was this, I'm gonna tear down my barns, I'm gonna build new barns, and then I can store all my grain. And Jesus said this man was a fool. And the question is why? Why would Jesus call this man a fool? Because this man, he had more. But he never asked what's it for. He, he, he found that he had more in his life. But he never asked God what is this for. See, we're going to find ourselves in different seasons. Some seasons where we're going to have more. And other seasons where we're going to have less. Some seasons, we're going to have more time than money. You you might even find yourself in a painful season, a season you never would have chose, you never wanted to be in, but that's where you're at. But I'd say this, in every season, we have to ask God, what's it for? I I have more. What's it for? God, I have some extra time right now. Maybe you're in a painful season, you find that you have some extra time. God, what's my extra time for? There's an extra room, there's extra room, there's more room in your house. God, what's that more room for? I I know more about this area than others. I have a skill set that's kind of unique. I I have skills that other people don't have. God, I have more. What's it for? Is is it just for me? Is it just for my family? My toys, my my tools, my stuff. God, is there a way that you can use it so the end result is that people give thanks to you? God, is is there a way that you can take my stuff and use it so that people can see you more clearly. God, God, I don't want my stuff to stand in the way of people seeing you. So, Lord, if there's a way you can use my stuff, my time, my house, my car, whatever, I want to be generous, God. I want to be open. God, I'll open my hand because I always want to have an open heart to you. God, I'm gonna open my hand because I always want my heart to be open to you. Let's pray. Father, God, Lord, we we need your help in this area. where we ask that we would excel at this. God, we want to go from good to great in this area. Lord, we don't want to just be good. We want you to do what only you can do in our lives. God, we ask, Lord, would you help us? God, would you help us to be as generous with people as you've been with us? Lord, show us how to do that. Show us how to respond this morning. As we're praying this morning, for some, maybe God's speaking to your heart. And it's time to begin honoring God with a percentage to bring some consistency in your life. I just want to encourage you. Would you, would you pray about that today? Would you ask God if he's speaking to that, just go home and pray about it and, and, and decide what percentage it's going to be. Whether it's 3% or 10%, I don't even care, but allow the Lord to bring consistency in your life. Others, maybe you're sensing God is pulling you towards generosity. It's a good stretch. It's a, it's a good stretch. I want to encourage you. Would you lean in because, and ask the Lord, how do you want us to be generous? Take that step. Because on the other side of that step, there's refreshment. And on the other side of that step, there's refreshment for your souls that you're missing. God wants you to be refreshed and energized. He wants your heart to be open to Him. As you're praying this morning, though, maybe you're here and uh, you, haven't, you haven't given the most important thing that you could give. See, God's not after your money. He's not after your stuff. You know, you know, the most important thing you could ever give is giving your heart to Jesus. And some, if you're honest, you, you know you haven't done that. You've gone to church. You've gone through the motions. You maybe, maybe you believe the things I'm talking about, but you haven't applied it to your heart. You haven't really invited him to, to guide and direct your life. He, he's kind of like hanging out in the backseat of your car, kind of bouncing around as you, as you make all the choices. He wants to lead and guide your life. You've never invited him to do that. I want to encourage you. Will you do that today? Will you say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life? It's going to give you an opportunity right now with everyone's eyes closed. To say, I need to make that decision. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Would you just? I want to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the front. I just want to know who I'm praying for. If you want to make that decision today, I see your hand. That's awesome. Maybe I'll say, just raise your hand and put it down. See, there in the back, there on the side. So I want to commit my life to Jesus. I give you my heart today, God, 100% all of my life. Even if I didn't see your hand, I want to just encourage you. If you if this is the intention of your heart. We're going to say a simple prayer. It's not a magic formula. But if it's the intention of your heart, you're inviting God to be working in your life. And at vantage Point, no one prays alone. I'm not going to invite the entire congregation. Would you pray this prayer with me? Make this your own. Let's pray together. Father God, I give you my life. I'm sorry for going my own way, for choices that have hurt me and choices that have hurt you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins, to give me new life and new hope. I receive you now, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, we are so excited you said that prayer, you began that journey those of you that are watching online, we are so excited for what God's doing in your heart as well. I want to just encourage you, uh, reach out to us, connect with us. And I want to say this, uh, two of the best things you can do if you, if you raise your hand for Salvation Day, one, stop by our connect table, we've got some little booklets we want to get in your hand, one's called Now What, kind of walks through what it looks like to follow Jesus, we've got a Bible one want to get in your hands as well. And then 2nd I'd say this, just keep coming back. You know, Austin said earlier, Pastor Austin said, you know, there's times where when we walk through life, I feel like... I've made too many mistakes, and we're carrying guilt and shame. And we think, man, I can't even come back. I don't even know if I'm a Christian. Come back. Come back next Sunday. And I want God to be working in your heart just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And I want to encourage you. I, we would love to help you know Jesus better. So I want to encourage you. Would you reach out to us? Would you talk to me after the, at the end of the service? Or talk with someone we have at our connect table. We would love to get you connected and help you grow in your faith in Jesus.